me, if you will, to our opening verse, which is out of John 10, please. John 10. And we've been talking about uh, living the life of God, walking in the life of God, the abundant life Jesus calls it. Paul called it the life of God. Um, and uh, uh, the Word says this in John 10, 10. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and that they may have it uh, more abundantly, praise God. Everybody say, more abundantly. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, God's good, devil's bad. We've been working on this now, I suppose, a couple months easy. And uh, we have, of course, started talking about that the way to walk in this life is the key. First key is just, just to establish the fact that He is your life. He is your life. Amen. And when you settle that, praise God, then it's more apt, you're more apt to tap that. Amen. Uh, we, we spent several weeks talking about the fact that uh, you've got to resist your enemy if you're going to walk in this abundant life. Amen. And uh, we checked, I think we took about six weeks just dealing with that and coming at that from different angles. And, and as we've said many times now throughout the course of this series is that there's two things that God will not do for you. He will not receive for you and He will not resist for you. You've got to be uh, a receiver. You have to reach out and grab what's yours. Amen. Now, it's all offered to you and He'll help you along the way if you let Him. But you have to reach out for it and grab it, and you also have to be one that resists your enemy. Amen. If we don't resist him, he just keeps on stealing. All right, and that's what he does. A lot of people are missing out on the life of God just because the enemy constantly comes in and takes away everything that you're moving towards. And uh, he's pretty good at it. He's a deceiver, a manipulator, and if you let him, he'll just manipulate you right out of everything that's yours. Now, look at your neighbor and say, not here. Look at your other neighbors and say, not today, motor scooter. <laughs> Amen. Well, anyway, yeah, we'll move right along here. So what's this word life? This word life is the Greek word zoe, um, zoe life. Amen. And uh, the word itself, uh, let's go ahead and give you a definition. It means absolute life. All right, this particular word, zoe, Z-O-E, absolute life or pure life which means absent of things, absent of death, absent of darkness, absent of the curse. So when we're talking about the abundant life or the life of God, we're talking about a life even that's absent of the death, of death, curse, and darkness. Amen. So that's why we have to, you know, push back the enemy. Amen. Let's look at a couple translations here. Message translation says this real quick. I came so that they can have real and eternal life more and better life than they ever dreamed of. In fact, that was some of the things that she was talking about and reading about uh, the word that came up yesterday, praise God. So a, a better life than you ever dreamed of. How I many knows that'd be good? All right. So a real and eternal life. Amen. Remember eternal life, just uh, the word eternal life or everlasting life, it just means perpetual life. And uh, Jesus made it real clear in John 17. He said, this is eternal life, is knowing the only true God and the one in whom he sent. Amen, which is Jesus. Amen. So when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, when you got introduced to Jesus and you, you received Him as Lord, that started a thing called perpetual life or eternal life. Come on. Or everlasting life. Thank you, God. It, right? Yeah. Now, the reason you got to bring this stuff out is because most Christians are settled in how life is right now with the knowing that one day when we get to heaven... We're going to have eternal life. 
And I don't think anybody, at least anybody in this room or those watching or listening by Internet, uh, at least the folks that I've been ministering to, I don't think anybody thinks that going to heaven is going to be a bad thing. How many believe it's going to be something good? But this everlasting, perpetual, eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven. It started when you made Jesus Lord of your life. So what happens, the enemy tries to sneak in there and deceive you and manipulate you to, to think that you have to wait till someday you get to heaven to experience what he has, has for you today. And that's a fact. That's why Jesus said to pray that uh, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the same thing out of Deuteronomy he brings out. He says, you know, praying for days like heaven on earth, praise God. Well, you got to grab hold of that. you got to receive that. And you got to drive back your enemy. Amen, because that's for you today. Amen. So God's good, devil bad all the time. Let's see, look at another translation here. Let's do uh, the Amplified, please. It says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. I like it for that. Amen. We might as well enjoy this thing. I said we might as well enjoy this thing. Have and enjoy life and then have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's, that's quite a bit then. Amen. Now, um, back to uh, the original, uh, the King James, let's put that uh, verse up, and it says an abundant life, okay? So uh, this word abundant, I wanted to bring it up real quick to, to kind of move into what we have for you today. Abundant life, again, means exceedingly beyond, superabundant, superior in quality, but get this, it also in the concordance brings out, it says it's the advantage. So we're talking about an abundant life, we're talking about a life that gives you the advantage, that's key to understand because part of what, what it's all about is, you know, he's trying to give you the advantage. You're moving along in life. Everybody else out there is trying to live life too, but you got an abundant life. you got a Zoe life. Amen. God's trying to give you the advantage. Why? Because of who's on the inside. Because you got the, the advantage himself, the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody, right? We can go on and on about all the things that he's given, all the things that he's providing, all the things that he's leading you towards, showing you, praise God, trying to get, get to you, praise God, is why to give you the advantage. Boy, I thought people get a little more excited about that, Rick. I don't know. Come on now. God's trying to give you the advantage. Okay, so with that said, let's go back to Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Romans 8, hallelujah. I seriously think I could probably, every sermon I ever preach, I could somewhere find a verse out of Romans 8 that would fit. Okay, well, anyway, Romans 8, verse 5, 6, and 7 here, text we've been using. Let's look at it again, and then we're going to spin into what we have for you today. For those who live, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their mind, is what the implication is, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now what we've been talking about the last couple weeks is talking about that if we're going to tap this abundant life, one of the things that has to happen is you're going to have to learn how to set your mind on things above. You can't be setting your mind down here on natural things. In fact, Colossians brings that out. Set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. Praise God. Now, as we've been saying, God is not, uh, you know, ignorant to the fact 
that you have things to deal with on planet Earth. But I will remind you, though, okay, that you know, even though we're on planet Earth, we're not of planet Earth. That even though we're in the world, we're not of the world. We're of a whole different species. When you became born again, the word even says you became a new species of being, a new creation. That's what it means, a new species of being. You are now an alien on planet Earth. There's a few folks you just look at and tell, but, but there's a few of us that need to be renewed to the fact that we are truly, amen, going somewhere one day. This is not our home any longer. But... God is not a, unaware, let's put it this way, God is, is, is aware, let's do it that way, God is aware of the fact that you still are walking, living, breathing on planet earth. And he knows what you have going on. He knows what's happening in your life. He knows what's happening in your family. He knows what's happening concerning business, job, you know, health, all those things that are going on in day-to-day living. But what God is trying to do is give you the advantage. That even though you're here conducting and living, uh, you know, life, just moving along in family and business and all the things that we do from day to day, he's not, a, uh, you know, unaware of the fact that you have daily responsibilities, things that you're accountable for, you got family, you got all these things. But he's still... It's trying to get across to us that the way it works is not by keeping your mind stayed on things in a natural realm. You've got to set your mind on things above. And if you will do that, he will help, help you conduct life here and be profitable in the, in the, in the process. Still with me? So it, go back at verse 5. It says this again. It says that if you will set your mind on things of the Spirit, you're going to live by the Spirit. But he says here, if you live according to the flesh, it's because you've set your mind on the things of the flesh. Now, I've looked this up, uh, and we've kind of used this every week, but according to the flesh just means human nature. Now, most of the time when you see the word flesh, our, our mind instantly goes to something immoral, uh, you know, something that's, uh, you, know, you know, evil. And, and uh, I just want you to know that it's not just referring to that. Okay, now it can lead to that. There's no doubt about it. But when it's talking about the flesh, the mind, or living, pardon me, according to the flesh, it's talking about living according to your own strength, your own ability, all right? So this word here means uh, not just in moral depravity, corruptness, and immorality, but its tendencies to lean on its own strength, power, and natural ability. So when he says when you set your mind on things of this natural realm, you have a tendency to try to take care of everything yourself. And then you live according to that. Now, depending on what we're setting our mind on, might determine how you're going to live. Come on, you might go down an immoral road. Come on. But regardless, you have to see that this is not just talking about something immoral. It's talking about doing everything in your power, in your strength. But if we set our mind on things of the Spirit, the Word says we live according to the Spirit. We start tapping a whole different realm. Okay, uh, the, you know, he says in Zechariah, we brought that out a couple weeks back. You know, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by his spirit. That's what he was trying to get across as Zerubbabel. He said, listen, dude, you keep trying to do everything in your strength and then you get overwhelmed. He said, let me help you. Meditate on me. Set your attention on me. Let me walk you through this. Let me help you in the midst of this. 
Amen. And the same thing goes for you and me, praise God. Hallelujah. So we're sitting there trying to figure everything out, and then we end up living a life that's no different than people out there that don't even know Christ. That was weak. It's the truth. we got a lot of Christians that are living no different than the world. And the reason being is because we set our attention, our mind, the word set means to entertain or to set attention upon. We set our attention, we entertain our mind with things of this natural realm all the time, and this is where we live. We just live right here. If we will start setting our attention on things above, all of a sudden now we tap a different realm. And I'm going to say it again because we'll get to it before it's over with today. But, you know, uh, we can live in limits or we can live in potential. Everything's, all things are possible. Now, you have to decide where you're going to live. In God, all things are possible. In your own strength, we're just as limited as the next guy. Still with me? All right. So it says here that depending on how you live is going to be based on where you set your mind. Verse 6 says to be carnally minded or naturally minded, it leads somewhere. Just death, ruin, destruction, that word also means. So that's a road you don't want to get on, right? Now, this is all kind of review here. But if we are spiritually minded, what happens? We get on a different road. So if we set our mind on things above, it's like it puts us on a different road. Where do you end up? Life. Amen. And peace, wholeness, completeness. Amen. Now, I want to read verse 7 again. That's kind of why we went here again today. Because the carnal mind, in other words, if we're just going to live in this natural realm all the time and set our attention on it, it says it's enmity against God. In other words, it wars with God. It's always fighting with God. God's trying to do something in your life, and you're too busy thinking right here. God's trying to communicate to you, trying to lead you, direct you, give you ideas, help you along the way, empower you, grace you, whatever it is that you're in need of at that moment, but you're down here living right here because this is all you can see. This is all you can meditate on. And so he can't, what happens now, you got a mind that's warring against God, fighting against God. Now, I don't think there's anybody in this room or those watching or listening by internet that would say, well, I don't want to fight with God. I mean, I, I wanna, I, I'm, on, I'm on his side, and I want him on my side, right? I don't want to fight with God. Well, see, just putting your mind on natural things and not learning to take the time to set your mind on things above, you're already fighting with God. Not because you want to, but you did choose to. Are you still with me? So it says here that the carnal mind is enmity or wars against God. Now get this, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now this word law of God just refers to uh, the principle of or the rule or the order of. All right. So in other words, it's talking about, uh, you know, there's, there's principles. There's, there's God has set things in motion. There's an order that how things should work by the Spirit that God has set up. Still with me? And so what happens is when we think down here, then we don't tap that. So what we're doing then is we've literally, have, we've literally made a decision to not give God place. But when you set your mind on things above, now you're giving Him place and you're tapping His rule of order. Come on. His way of doing things. Are you still with me? And all of a sudden you're giving Him place to where now He can do something. 
You know, you think about, you know, why is God, how come there's not signs and wonders and miracles? Like, I mean, man, there, I mean, what? Well, this is why. Because we're too busy living right here. This is what we think about all day long. How are we going to fix this? And, and isn't that the truth, though? You start thinking down here, and then pretty soon it's like, man, what am I going to do about that? And how am I going to fix that? And how am I going to handle that? How am I going to, you know, how, how can I afford that? Uh, how can I, you know, how am I ever going to get past that? And somebody gives you an evil report, and you're like, oh, how am I ever going to get beyond that? And you're just sitting right here. And the whole time God says, whoa, 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 breaks. Up here. Come up here. Hang up here. Get some higher thoughts. And pretty soon you start seeing God as your provider. You start seeing God as your, your deliverer, as the one that protects you, the one that heals you, the one that provides for you. And all of a sudden, what you've done now is you've given him place to do something, and now you're tapping a realm of possibility instead of being limited to a realm of limits. Still with me? Now, that law of God is going to come up again, okay? So with that said, um, last week we closed with Psalms 1. Let's do that again. I just kind of, let's do that again. Psalms 1. Psalms 1. And I'm going I'm to go ahead and read it. Um, I'm not going to spend the time in it that I did last week, but um, this is kind of where we ended up last week. But I think we'll use it as kind of our jumping, you know, our springboard off for today. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you've got to watch where you walk, where you stand, where you sit. You notice that? And you can't just let anybody feed into you or influence you. You've got to guard that. Because why? Because it'll determine some thoughts. Listen, it's hard to believe God will provide when you're too busy thinking about how you'll never have anything. Or you're not worthy of anything. Or it can never work for you, or it can never happen for you, or you know it never has in the past. Why should it? Any you know, you know. Then you're starting to think them them thoughts. You know, come, Lord Jesus, come, just take me out of here. You know, someday in the sweet by and by. Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, breaks, hold it. You know, that's going to be wonderful. There's no doubt, uh, but you got to understand that there's there's a life that you're called to here, and right now you're being convinced that it's not for you, and when all along it is for you. So you got to guard. What speaks into you and who speaks into you? Verse 2 says, but his delight, in other words, what he's going to receive, what he's going to draw from, what he's going to, that word even means to be pliable, uh, to, to, let, uh, to grab hold and be pliable, let it do something in you, amen. His delight is going to be in the what? The law of the Lord. Now this word law, uh, Torah or to, Torah, it depends, I, I don't know, if, I'm, in my, uh, from what I can see in the Hebrew, it looks like it's Torah, but at most time you hear it pronounced as Torah, okay, which most times referred to as the first five books of the Bible. And uh, that's, you know, so a lot of times they read this, and the first thing you think of is maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's just talking about the Word of God. Well, it's, it involves the Word of God, no doubt about it. But the law, remember, is, is the principles. If you look it up, it means principles, statutes. Uh, let's see here, see if I got any more uh, definition on that. It means fundamental principle. It means the rule of order uh, in, in his system. So that's really what you find out in the first few books of the Bible is how he, he designed things. Are you still with me? He set things in order, and this is how it works. So he says, listen, if you will, if you will start putting your attention, your delight on how I designed it, hook yourself up to that, 
I can begin to do something with you. If you'll begin to set your mind or to meditate, literally means to set your mind upon, if you will set your mind upon this day and night, good times and bad times, doesn't matter when, hallelujah, day and night, this is what we do, we set our mind on this, then what happens? Verse 3, I think this is the verse we kind of spent some time with last week. Uh, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. In other words, you're going to be rooted and planted right. Bring forth its fruit in its season. You're going to be productive, fruitful, praise God, whose leaf also shall not wither. In other words, it's not just about how uh, you, you feel and how happy and prosperous, but in the sense of it even brings wholeness, not just to you, but to others around you. That's what that refers to. And whatever he does shall prosper. Ain't nobody that doesn't like that verse. I like verse 3. Okay, but you can't have verse 3 without verse 2. And you're going to have to set your mind on the right stuff, okay? So this is how it works, all right? So you got to set your mind. Now, um, I was kind of looking at this, and this is what came to me. Um, you know, there are, there are principles. There's, a, there's laws that are set up and set in motion. And God has a way of doing things, right? But the world has a way of doing things, Right? I mean, there's, there's things in motion, you know. Uh, you know, uh, there are certain laws or natural laws, uh, like, like the law of gravity is a natural law. How many know the law of gravity works? It's a law that was set up, right? And, uh, you know, uh, you can jump off the roof and you're going to be introduced real quick uh, to the law of gravity, right? You, know, you might think you're Superman, and you get put on your cape, and you jumped, and, and, and you thought you were going to fly, and you found out real quick that the law of gravity is still in effect. Now, the law of gravity can be super, superseded by a thing called the law of thrust. We could say thrust or even lift, because it's, it's a part of that fits into that thing, too. So you talk about lift and talk about thrust. So now you can strap this big old jet engine or two or three on these big birds that, that, will, that, will, you know, that will take you off the ground. Come on, somebody. And you have 300 people in there soaring at 40,000 feet, all because a law of thrust and lift superseded the law of gravity. It's still there because as soon as you run out of fuel, you recognize that this law of gravity is still in effect. Now, this is, this is, I think this is going to work today because, see, God set things up to give you the advantage to supersede natural things, natural laws that are, even, that are here. It's there. Everywhere you go, you see it. There's darkness, there's curse, there's all kinds of things that go on that happen. And if you don't watch it, pretty soon you're just kind of living right there with it. But you have been given an advantage so you can supersede anything of this natural realm and you can begin to soar as an eagle at 40,000 feet if you want to. Whew. Somebody said, well, I don't know if I, I don't know, I'm kind of afraid of heights. I don't know if I want to. Well, whatever. The point, you get my point though, right? Okay, so... Things above, amen, if we will just set our attention on things above, he says, you start living there. So you never live beyond your most predominant thoughts. You never do. So if you're going to constantly think here, this is where you live. If you think here, that's where you live. And it begins to automatically shift and change because it's a work of the Spirit. 
things begin. He begins to lead you, guide you, direct you, show you things. I mean, if you will, if you will have the thoughts, the higher realm thoughts, the higher that realm of possibility thoughts, if you will start grabbing those kind of thoughts, you'll live beyond any normal average person. You'll think beyond the normal average person thinks. You'll do beyond the normal average person does. You'll fulfill more than any normal average person ever fulfills. Why? Because you've got the advantage. Because you've locked your attention on things above. Now you've given him place to do some things. And we see this principle throughout the whole scriptures. Old covenant, new covenant, didn't matter. All right, this is how it works. All right, so with that said, let's go to, uh, uh, let's go to Isaiah. Let's do that. Let's go to Isaiah. Are you doing good? Isaiah 55, please. just want to show you some different things here today. Now, you set your mind on things above, and, and, and according to uh, what Solomon uh, uh, brought out with, uh, actually it was uh, David, I believe it was Psalm. So uh, what he brought out about the fact that you you got you to keep your attention on this day and night. All right? So if you don't keep your attention on that, then somewhere along the line, you run out of fuel. Pretty soon you're back to doing everything your own, your own way, your own strength. Remember when you got born again? Anybody remember that? Some of you have been so many years ago now. Some of you maybe just recently got saved or got turned on to the Lord. Remember how just everything was, man, woo-hoo, woo-hoo, right? I mean, nothing, I mean, you saw God and everything, man. You were like, man, God, I mean, man, the sun come up just right. Wow, isn't God great? You know, woo! You drove to work, saw the, saw the mountains, woo! Isn't God great? I mean, everything's about God, woo! And it was like, isn't it amazing how God kept showing himself strong? Doing things and showing you things and revealing things. But pretty soon, you know, you know, life just takes over. Why? Well, you know, just got a lot going on. Well, what happens is you, you start bringing your attention from up there down to here. And pretty soon, just like any, any other jet flying around out there, you run out of fuel before you land. Oh, you're going to land. But it's be a little harder landing. Anybody hear me? And it's no different. So you got to keep your attention up there. Keep yourself in a place, praise God, where God can empower you, can lead you, can direct you, can show you things, can keep you charged up. I've never understood why a Christian gets bored. Never figured that out. How can you ever get bored serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords? How can you ever get bored, amen, literally being able to communicate on a day-to-day basis with the one that created it all? How can you ever be bored with that unless we're just not doing that? Okay, look at your neighbor and say, now I know he's talking to you. <laughs> all right, so let's look at something here. Now, what my attempt is here is to... Uh, <clears throat> show you how this principle works throughout all this, this whole deal. All right. Verse 6 of Isaiah 55. I think we'll just kind of start there. Seek the Lord while he may be found. I mean, not that he's lost, but <laughs> just got to remember who he's talking to here. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let who? The wicked. Okay, let the wicked forsake his way. Okay, his, his mode of operation, his way of doing things, what that word way is. And the unrighteous man, who? 
The unrighteous, you just got to understand, okay? And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, okay? His intentions, his purpose, his thoughts, okay? Uh, let him, who's him? The unrighteous or the wicked? Come on. Let him return to the Lord. Now, God's always merciful. God's always good. I said God is always merciful and God's always good. This person here, obviously, somewhere along the line, have pulled away from God. And he said, hey, why don't you return, right? And it says, he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he, for he will abundantly pardon. This is old covenant. All right, but look at that. Isn't that God's always been that way, all right? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now, so who's he talking to? The unrighteous or the wicked, right? But remember, he's calling them to them. He says, listen, uh, you know, you're down here now living this way. Your ways of living right now ain't, 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 ain't working. Your way of thinking down here ain't working. And it's, it's producing bad things. So he says, hey, come up to higher thoughts. Now, I think it's a no-brainer that God has higher thoughts. It's just, you know, and how many know his ways are higher, right? But you have to understand that the reason we address these things is because a lot of people say, you know, God's thoughts are higher than God's ways, and that's your excuse to not come higher. His thoughts are there for you to have. His ways are there for you to have. He's not holding anything back from anybody. He's just saying, listen, these people here are living down here. They've set their attention down here. They're living down here, and there's a higher way. Are we in agreement? Okay, so he says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways. My way, says the Lord. For, now get this, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, duh, so are uh, my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? Who is he talking to? The unrighteous or the wicked. Okay? Now, again, we know God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Absolutely. But in context, that's who he's talking to. Now, he's trying to get him to think higher. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, in other words, there's precipitation falling, and it does not return there but waters the earth, and, it, and make it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So here he is. He hasn't changed the subject. He said, listen, I've got higher thoughts and higher ways. All right? I, you, you, right now you're living here, and you're missing out on what's up here. Now listen, if you will set your attention on this, see, just like precipitation falls and hits the earth and forces the ground into production. That's what happened, doesn't it? I mean, we live in central Oregon. It's got the cruddiest dirt I've ever seen on planet earth, I think. I, it's like, who could grow anything in this ground? I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. This stuff's like rich and thick. I mean, you walk out in the field before you get back to the house, you're about six inches taller just from all the ground that sticks to you. You come out here in this stuff, you try to do anything you can to get anything. I mean, you got to go to Hershey's to get topsoil or something. A little plug there for you, brother. 
I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta add. But you know, you put a little precipitation on that. We're gonna find out what's in there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Here it comes down, and it will force that ground into production. And then you're thinking, oh dear Jesus. Right? Everything starts to grow. Everything starts to grow. Everything. And a lot of that stuff you don't want to grow. But just like the precipitation comes down, hits the earth, and forces it into production, he goes on to say, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Now, it's not just talking about the written word. Now, the written word obviously was something spoke from his mouth and then recorded for you and me to have. But he's also, come on, the scriptures are clear, he's still speaking. He's still trying to communicate with us. So he says, just like that precipitation comes down, my words will come down and force your ground into production. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. In other words, without fruit. It will, it'll, 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 it'll be productive here. And, but it shall accomplish or bring forth what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So what is that? It's called the advantage. If we will just learn to set our attention up here, what happens is now he can speak something. Now remember, let's go back to that, that verse in, in Romans 8 when it says that, that, that you know, the uh, law of God, you're, you're, you, can't even be, you can't even be subject to the law of God if your mind's down here all the time. And then there was these principles that he set up, you're not even going to connect with if you're constantly down here. But if you will set your attention up here to where he can speak into you, he can say things, he can reveal things, he can show you things, he can, he can open up your, the eyes of your understanding and let you see something you ain't never saw before. If you will do that, it will force that ground into production. And all of a sudden, you're going to be productive, you're going to be fruitful. But if we're going to live here, that's why he was telling me, he says, listen, you know, come after me, seek me. Come on, I'll pardon you. Just look up, will you? Just look up. Stop living here. Look up. Let me help you with what you're living. Let me help you with what you're dealing with. But you're going to have to look up. You're going to have to set your mind on these higher things. Give him a place. Give him a chance to do something in your life. Somebody said, well, God could do anything he wants to in my life. No, no, you don't mean that. If you're not going to give him time, if you're not going to give him attention, then you're just saying things. You're just trying to be religious. Well, he can interrupt me anytime he wants. He'll interrupt you when you give him attention. Come on, let's stop and think about it. Just, just for a second, think about it. If God was just going to interrupt anybody for the sake of interrupt, we'd all be saved now. We'd all be serving God. We'd all be home now. There's too much junk going on, too much stuff around. There's too many things that still pull on you and pull on me. Come on. We have the purpose to set our attention on things above. But every time you do, he won't let you down. He'll give you the advantage. Okay, you still with me? Well, praise the Lord. Uh, okay, let's do another one. Let's do, uh, how, about, uh, how about Deuteronomy real quick? Deuteronomy 30. This is one we used a while back, but 
Let's look at it. Deuteronomy 30. Now, we're talking about these higher things, talking about the advantage. Now, he just got done in Deuteronomy here to talking and showing them what the difference was between the blessing and the curse. He goes into detail, explains the blessing, explains the curse. Okay? Gets all that out. He says this in verse, chapter 30, verse uh, 19. He said, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. In other words, you ain't going to have any excuses after this. Okay? That I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. In other words, I've laid it out here. I've explained it to you. This is what the blessing is. This is what the curse is. This is what it means to walk in the life. This is what it means to walk in death. Okay? He explained it. Therefore, just in case you didn't get it, I'm going to tell you what to do. Right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to choose life. Why? Because it is your choice. You with me? Choose life. Why? Well, because it's going to affect you and it's going to affect your family or your, those around you. It'll, what? That both you and your descendants may live. Now, verse 20, let's go ahead and quickly put that up. Now, this is a verse we used several, uh, several weeks back. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, that you may cling to Him, for He is your life, and He's also the length of your days. Amen. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Now, the bottom line, what he's saying is this. If you will choose me, set your attention on me, love me, obey. In other words, that means you've got to also be listening, right, and cling to him. What's all that? It's all about just giving him attention, giving him time. What happens? Well, you start walking in the life you're called to. You start, amen, everything around you, even length of days. You start walking in the land that you're called to walk in. Praise God. A land flowing with milk and honey, the word says. Amen. We got all this happening, the, the, uh, uh, you know, the blessing instead of the curse, life instead of death. Come on, somebody. How many want the advantage? All he's asking, give me time. Give me attention. Set your mind on me. Amen. This is all that's happening. All this is just a principle. Every time you set your mind up there, he can work with it. You know, yesterday I was working on something. I just took a, a, a little bit of uh, afternoon working on a project, of course, for the Harvest Carnival thing, you know. And uh, just, you know, just working, uh, doing a woodworking thing, you know, just building something. And, and, um, and I, I kind of came to a thing and I needed something. And, and I just, I just kind of was thinking, you know, man, I, oh, I wish I had, uh, had seven. I needed eight. I wish, ah, oh, man, I went through this thing. If I just had another one of these, man, and I need a piece over here for this thing. And I just stopped for a minute. I just said, Lord, I don't know, you know, give me an idea what to do on this. And, you know, I went back over there, and that wasn't there before. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. And it happened to be there. And I needed that, and it, it fit just perfect. And then I, that little piece, I needed an eighth piece. And, not the, you know, I only had seven. I needed eight. And I went through that box. I went through that box. But just by stopping and acknowledging, I don't know. I don't know how it all works. I don't know. All I know is I looked down. I didn't, have to, I didn't have to move anything. I looked down. Lord. You think, what? Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, God will help you with the, the, the littlest thing. God just, he just, if you just learn to stop, pause, and give him some attention, set your mind up there. All of a sudden, he shows you. He gives you an idea, creativity. Well, these kids, I want to do it with my kids. I tell you, these kids. You go, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, brakes, brakes, hold it. Because you're right here now. 
And what are you going to do? You're going to do what everybody else does with their kids. Or you can set your mind up here and the Spirit of God show you something. And all of a sudden it's like, I never knew. I, oh, that's a, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good thing to say. Huh? And it wasn't just that he, he made you, you know, not be angry, which is a good thing too, though. But the point is this. Sometimes God will just show you what to say, how to do it, what to do, what not to do. I mean, you're sitting here all getting all, all worried about this and that, and the whole time God says, listen, I have an answer for all that. But we're down there, and then, you're, then you get kind of, you know, upset. God, I don't know why God does this. I don't know how come God, why God? I don't know why God. It's like, oh, breaks, dude, hold it. Put your attention up here, and you're going to find out he's been there all along. Okay. Look at your neighbor and say, life is better than death. Blessing better than curse. All right. So just start putting your attention. Okay, let's look at another. Go back to Isaiah. Let's do that real quick. Oh, somebody said quick. I, I'm the one that's putting here, ain't I? Uh, Isaiah 26. Let's look at this one. A verse we read. This would be a quick one. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Shalom. Amen. Health, wholeness, amen, well-being, amen, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything complete, everything in working order. That word peace, again, also means uh, order in the place of chaos, okay? So you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Because why? Because you trust him. If you trust him, then keep your mind on him. Now, there ain't, there ain't, we're not here to condemn anybody. We're not here to, uh, you know, point our finger at anything. Uh, that's what we're about. We're about to just, hey, 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 just, just put your attention on him. Because this works for all of us. Because I'm the pastor, and I love to soar at 40,000. But when I stop giving him tension, I'm introduced to the law of gravity. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how long we've been in this business, how long we've been serving God, how long we've been saved. It has nothing to do with it. All it has to do with is who will give him attention? Who will set their sights on him? Who will set their mind on him? Who will just focus on him and let him be God? And the same kind of way that God showed himself strong to you when you first got saved, he'll continue to do it every day of your life. Now, you know as well as I do that God has never went anywhere. God's never left you. If somebody left, it wasn't him. Just a thought I'm having, right? We're the ones that turned and walked, okay? So uh, what do you want? Well, I'd rather have peace, come on, than chaos, Anybody else rather have that? Okay, let's go to Joshua. Joshua 1. Am I boring you today? And we're just talking about setting our attention. I'm just, just different things. Even through the, through the old covenant, time and time again, he showed, just, just put your attention up here. Now he's talking to Joshua. Joshua's now ready to take the next generation into the promised land. And, of course, the first generation didn't uh, because of things. Well, mainly because of their thoughts. It comes down to that. 
They put their attention down here. They saw themselves. They said, we're nothing but grasshoppers. We can, we're not able. We can't. You know, we're, we're just, you know, uh, the scum of the earth. We're just little and nothing. We have nothing. We can't do anything. They're going to kill us. We're all going to die. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's hard to get anywhere when you're that way. When you're always the victim. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, stop being the victim. Hallelujah. Just set your sights on things above. All right, here we go. This is what he said. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, verse 8, chapter 1. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Why? Well, first off, so you can observe to do it, right, all that's written in it. But then what happens is it starts making your way prosperous or successful or productive, and then you'll have good success, which means having the desired effect. Okay, now how many want the desired effect? How many want to be productive? I mean, uh, seven of you. Okay, let's try that again. Is there anybody in here want good results? Yeah. Okay, a little better. All right, and how many in here would like to be productive in all they do? Yeah. I hate spinning my wheels. I really hate it with a passion. I do. I hate doing something more than once. Come on, if I don't have to, I think, you know, I just like to get it done the first time, and I have to, <laughs> Right? Okay, maybe I'm the only one who thinks that way. But I, I, I like to be productive. I like to, if I'm going to do something, let's, let's get her done. Let's get it done right. Let's make it look right. Come on. Boom, here we go. Right? So uh, I'd rather have that. Well, he says that you, you start making your, how do you do it? Well, first off, you're going to have to set your attention on the right thing. Now he's talking to Joshua. He said, listen, Joshua, uh, nobody's going to be able to stand against you. I'm going to give you the land everywhere the sole of your foot treads is yours. And let's put verse, uh, verse 9 up there. He said, I have, not, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you wherever you go. Now, we know that to be true because Joshua had multiple conversations with the Lord after this chapter. So we know he was there to talk to him and communicate with him. He'd tell him what to do. He'd go do it. Okay, I want you to march around the city. Okay, the first day, you just march around once. The second day, you watch around once. The third day, around once. The fourth day, around once. The fifth day, around once. The sixth day, around once. The seventh day, I want you to go around seven times. March around that city. And when we're done, you go, ha! Literally, that's what it said. Ha! What happened? He said, I'll make, that, I'll make that wall come down. They didn't do anything. They didn't have no rammer. Now Joshua throws in there, he says, and nobody's going to talk until that moment. Joshua threw that in. You know why? Because Joshua knew. You all get to talking, and we're going to have trouble. Because that's what happened last time. Read the book. They all got to go. I just don't think, I just know I got that. Why is God going to make it? I just, this is the most stupid thing I ever heard. I mean, good night. We had it better back in Egypt. Oh, my God. We could have just lived in Egypt. Why the heck are we out here now? We're just getting sunburned all up. And I'm telling you, there ain't no food. There ain't no water. I mean, my goodness. Why are we even here? Well, you're going to cruise for 40 years. So Joshua says, that ain't happening again. Well, God says, well, the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to set your attention on me and only think about what I say. And if you're going to talk, talk what I say. Now, right? 
And so God, throughout the time, explained him what to do. When they went to AI and everything fell apart, he got upset. He went to God and said, what's the problem? He said, I ain't your problem. I ain't never been your problem. I ain't never going to be your problem. You got sin in the camp, son. Deal with it. As soon as they dealt with it, lo and behold, they had 32 consecutive victories after that. God led, they did, amen, and it happened, praise God. Why? Because when you set your sights, your attention, your mind on higher things, and you're drawing on His words, His things, letting Him lead, letting Him guide, it works. What happened for Jesus? They said, well, Jesus, how do you know? How do you? He said, listen, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. So I say what he says to say. I do what he says uh, that I see, see him do. And when I do that, it worketh. He didn't, you didn't see Jesus off the side going, God, how come? What's the deal? I mean, I thought you said well, you, were, you were my father. He, he never had that conversation. He just, and what he did, he'd go away. What did he do? He set his attention on things above. Amen. God show him things. That's what he'd do the next minute or the next day or whatever. Now he'd say something and he'd say it. Even when the woman's standing there, gonna, about ready to get stoned, he's down doodling on the ground. Everybody says, what was he doodling? I don't know. My thought is, he's just pausing and looking cool while he did it. Because he is the coolest cat that ever walked the earth. So he's just being cool. What's he waiting for? Hey, what are you waiting for? Got the word of the Lord. He stands up and says, he without sin cast the first stone. What he said, the word says he went back to doodling. And waited till they all got it. And they went, oh. they all left. Didn't have to do anything, right? Woman, where's your accusers? They're gone. Yeah, I'm not accusing you either. Now just go and sin no more, sister, all right? Right? And off she went, right? I mean, this is how this stuff works. You set your attention up here, all the stuff you want to be worked up about, be mad about, be upset about. Amen. Get your attention up here, and you might be amazed what God begins to show you. Whew. Let's see. We've got to have at least one more. Let's go to Psalms. We've got to go back to Psalms. Psalm 78, because it kind of fits with all this. You doing okay? I know we're about out of time here. Verse 40 of Psalm 78. Talking about the children of Israel, okay? They didn't go into the promised land. This first generation, I mean. So verse 40 says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Does anybody in here want to limit God? No. I don't either, okay? But how many know it's possible? Right? That's what that, that thing in, 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 in Romans 8, 7 was talking about. It's possible to limit God. That's what he says. You have the advantage all the time, but it's possible to limit God because you're too busy thinking right here. So now it's warring with him. He's trying to lead you, direct you, guide you. You're, it's warring with him. Come on. And now you can't even be, you're not even subject to, to be able to do any of these principles that he's laid out that works because you're too busy thinking right here. Yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42, why? Well, where they had their head. Or in this case, where they didn't have their head. 
They did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy. And, of course, it goes on talking about all the things he did when he, when he delivered them. So, in other words, you're down here thinking about your little moment right here because it's a little hot outside or you're a little hungry or you're a little thirsty. Come on, somebody. And you forgot what he just did yesterday. You forgot. See, the God, what nothing's impossible, delivered you from the hand of literally at that time the strongest nation on the planet at that time. They did nothing. He delivers them. They go, they all leave. The word says not one feeble among them. So there was a, there was a mass miracle that took place. Not one person was sick when they walked out of there. The word even said, I mean, right down to the smallest detail, their shoes didn't even wear out. What? It's like, I need to get that on me. Praise the Lord. Right? The shoes don't even wear out. Okay, they get to the, they get to the sea. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Dude. You just got delivered. Oh, yeah, but this is different. We're now looking at a sea, and here comes the enemy. It opens. You saw the movie. <laughs> right? And th get this. They didn't just cross over. The word says they crossed over on dry ground. So God must have had like these little blowers or something. <laughs> okay, maybe he didn't. But anyway, the point is, you want, not only went through literally walking two walls of water, you know, one on each side, dry ground. They get over. They get partway over and they see the enemy coming. <gasps> oh, no, they've already forgot. We're standing in the middle of the deep sea looking at fish that are poking their head out through the water. Don't you think? I don't know. I, I get that picture. I just, wouldn't be a kid of a kid. You'd, I'd be swirling my hand on it. Yeah. <laughs> Even as an adult. <laughs> right? Reach in, see if you can grab a fish or something, you know, whatever. But anyway, the point is, you're going along, but they didn't even, they didn't even get all the way across. Oh, my God, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. They get over, closes in on their enemies, right? They, they sing their song with their green tambourine, and right? Next day, I'm hungry. We're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. We got quail, manna falls from heaven. The word manna means what is it? But obviously it's protein or something that's worthy of eating. They all tried it. <laughs> Cooked manna burgers, manna bread, you know, the whole thing. And with that food, oh, thirsty. Strikes a rock, water pours out of a rock. <sighs> oh, this wilderness. They can lock out their tent any day, look up, see a pillar of fire uh, by, by night, a pillar of cloud by day. And he's trying to tell them, listen, you, you, you couldn't even remember. You, you're too busy down here and can't even put your attention back up here saying, 
My God has delivered us from Egypt, delivered us from the sea, delivered us from hunger, delivered us from thirst, delivered us day in and day out, making sure all of our needs are met day in and day out. But we go right back down here. And then we walk in that limits. We walk under the curse. We ran out of fuel, and now our plane's coming down. You, I mean, we're not, we're not against the law of gravity. I think you all know that, right? I don't know if you know this, but we're right now moving at something like 1,000 miles an hour. So if it wasn't gravity, we'd, we'd all be flying off the planet right now. So I'm not down on gravity. I'm just using it as an illustration that, that gravity, uh, you know, it's, it's just like the, the, the world itself, the system of the world. If you're not soaring up here where you belong, you're automatically grounded. You come down here and you live like everybody else. Now look at your neighbor and say, that's not for you. You're a child of God. Amen. And God's good. God's merciful. Amen. God will always meet your needs. God is a God that heals and delivers and sets captives free. He's never stopped doing that. Well, Pastor, I've blown it. Well, who hasn't? Well, I, I've, I've messed up. Who hasn't? I've, I've, I've you know, um, haven't, I'm, I'm not getting this like I should. Well, who hasn't been there? So all he's saying is put your attention on things above and let him begin to show you some things. Let him lead you. Let him reveal some things. Let him show you some things by his word. Amen. Amen. And you're going to, you're going to be the child of God that always walks in the blessing, walks in victory, walks in success, amen, walks in, in peace, walks in victory, walks in the realm of possibility. It's just a different way of living. But the, you know, the necessary thing to do is to set your attention on things above. Did you get something today? Yeah. Whoo! Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Come on. Everybody stand up. Let me pray over you. Again, thank you for giving me a few extra minutes there. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Father, we give praise and glory <clears throat> for these principles. We give honor, Lord God, for, hallelujah, for the order of heaven, how you've designed it to work. Forgive us for the times that we didn't set our attention on you like we should have or Somehow we got distracted with everything else and maybe just got distracted with life in itself. But Lord, our heart is to tap your life, to tap the abundant life, the life of God. So we know you're faithful and just to forgive us, and so we do receive that. We thank you for that. But heart, it's our heart, Lord, to, to get our attention on you every day. Set our sights and our thoughts on you. Set our minds on things above. And I thank you, Lord God, that as we do that, you will continue to do as you always do, and that's show yourself strong. And Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. 
and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.